in a world where blockbuster movies are made and enjoyed. Millions of people watch them, awards are won, careers are launched, cinematic works of greatness are produced each year, and these two knuckleheads haven't seen them. You're listening to The List We Missed, where we finally watch the movies that everyone else already has. Hi, AJ. Hey, Jackie. And hello, friends. Welcome back to another episode of The List We Missed. Yeah. And this week, oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh, piggy boy. So we are going to be talking about all the President's Men from 1976. Yep. This is our second Robert Redford movie. That means nothing to me. We saw him. He was Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. I, I, like, He's I, the Sundance Kid. Oh, really? Yes. Oh. See, here's, the, <laughs> here's my problem, right? Like, I understand that there are directors and they all have their different things. I don't pay attention to any of that. I barely pay attention to who the actors are. Like, I just, I just watch the movies. All the President's Men stars a whole bunch of people, including Robert Redford. Yeah. And Dustin Hoffman, yep. who, again, he's super famous. He was in The Graduate. He's Rain Man. Um, but for me, in my heart of hearts, he will forever and always be Captain James Hook from <laughs> the 90s movies Hook. Um, Rufio! Rufio! <laughs> right? I love, I love him so much. But, um, yeah, no, this... Okay, so I'm, I'm just going to... Okay, we're so gonna go right to. I, I will. I will <laughs> say something now, so that way I have had something to say in this episode. Sure thing. So, Jackie warned me that she watched this film and she's over the deep end and she's listened to the, she's she's listened to podcasts of, about the events of Watergate and she's she's reading a book and she called her mom who watched Nixon resign and wanted to get her feel like like borderline conspiracy theorist going on here. I feel like if I were to walk into her her office at home, <laughs> I would see the red lines and everything, and you know, Pepe Sylvia, Pepe Sylvia, Pepe. like I feel like that's what I would see. All right, hit me. Okay, so I I feel like I've heard of this movie's title before. That all the all kings, the pre- <laughs> all I, the kings men, and all couldn't put Humpty Dumpty back together. Again. No, I feel like I knew that there was a movie called All the President's Men. I don't know if you would have said to me, "What's that movie with these guys in it?" I could have named it, but if you had said like, "Oh, I watched All the President's Men," yeah. I would have some sort of you'd recollection be like, "I've heard of that with the title," but I knew nothing about it. Okay. Um, and so here I go, sit down to watch it, and it's about Watergate. Yep. Okay. I, Watergate is like Nixon and they break into an office at the Watergate Hotel or the complex or something and I don't know. It's something with Nixon and then Nixon resigns. Yep. That was my knowledge prior to this movie. That's my knowledge. And then I watched this movie, loved this movie, uh, listened to a podcast and learned all about Watergate, then found out that this movie is based on a book written by the two guys that Robert Redford and Dustin Hoffman are playing in this movie, uh, Carl Woodward and, um, oh, I'm blanking on his first name, Bernstein. Um, But anyway, um, yeah, like, I'm currently, I went onto my library app and immediately downloaded the book. So I am now essentially, like, reliving the movie in book form, which is tickling my fancy in so many different ways. Um, but yeah, like I, I went down the rabbit hole with this one and I could not be happier because 
we have a movie from the 70s, which you guys, you know me. I watch a movie from the 70s and then I go, you know what I need to watch more of? Movies from the 70s. <laughs> yeah. I need to. So there's that. But then we've also tapped into like my history nerd and like... Something I, I, oh, I can't get enough of Something it. I think that we need to say also while we're while we're talking about like, you know, the years and the events and all that kind of stuff is so you you got the book, you, you're reading the book, with listening to audiobook, whatever it is, all that good crap. The, the, these two people wrote this book with the events of Watergate, and then a movie got put out. So the timeline here is 1962, and again, this is something I read online, and this is coming off memory, but 1962, everything starts, right? And 1964, Nixon resigns. So that means that all the events of the movie are happening between 1962 and 1964. That also means that these two guys wrote a book and the book got successful enough for them to decide to make a movie and that movie had to get filmed and edited and pre-production and post-production and everything and was released in 1968, right? Or 66. 76. 76. Whatever. Okay. So I'm sorry. My years are off. But my point is that uh, uh, this was super short in time together. Right, like did did now now I now I feel like I'm oh, messing see, up my timeline. The movie, well, no, I mean you're not wrong because Nixon resigns 74. in the summer of seventy four. Okay, so yeah, so th- my point exactly seventy four. The Nixon resigns, which means that between seventy four and seventy six, they had to have recognized that a book was 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 really good, getting a book written, get it out there, and, and okay, you're shaking your head at me. I'm shaking my head because not at some point in nineteen seventy six, the release date of this movie. January 1st, 1976. That's okay. So they had basically <laughs> a year and a half. To, let, to, let, let's see exactly. Let's see if we can figure out exactly. Exact dates of everything. The, the exact dates I just, of everything. I, I, am, I am baffled at the idea of the events happening and then a book being written. And then the book getting successful enough where, where Hollywood decides we need to adapt this into a movie. And then the movie to go through pre-production, post-production, filming, editing, everything. And then to be released on at 1976. Two years after the, the, the culmination of everything. That, that's just astronomical to me. That's... Massive, because nowadays you hear about projects like the like any movie, and it takes fifteen years. So here's here's what's going on. So actually, that that date I gave you is incorrect okay. because looking at Wikipedia, it says the release date of this movie was April fourth, nineteen seventy six. Okay. Um, but I can tell you that the book. So Robert Redford, who and I was wrong. It is um, it is Bob Woodward. Okay. Who is Robert Redford and Carl Bernstein, who is Dustin Hoffman. Okay. So Robert Redford was also a co-producer on this movie. Okay. He buys the rights to the book in 1974. So they were already, like, because of all the notes and all of the articles that the two guys from the Washington Post had written, the book kind of was just like, it was already there and written. Right. So, But Robert, you still have to go through the, the process of making oh yeah. it a book. He, Robert Redford buys the rights to the book in 1974. And in that same year, the two authors of the book, Woodward and Bernstein, along with William Goldman, write the script in 1974. The first draft was given to Redford and Warner Brothers... In August of 1974. So they probably, by beginning of 1975, 
we're making this movie. So what this says is that these guys recognize this is a piece of history and that this is going to be massive and they're going to capitalize on it immediately, which is ultimately what I was trying to get to is that because of the short timeline with everything, this movie coming out in 1976 means that this is that the the events of the president doing these things and resigning and all that stuff are still at the forefront of everybody's mind, which means that this movie is still fresh and still exciting and still it's not like you watching a history documentary, right? You know, like well, for like, for like, a lot of people who the, 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 who cares about history documentaries, but like for the people, uh, no, I know you do. You're <laughs> not, you're not people. You're you're my bestie. But like you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like like they, well, no, it's, they it's, capitalized on. It. They went. We're doing this. It's part of the reason I think why South park is so successful uh, probably yeah have you ever seen that movie i think no. it's called like seven days the air or something no. like that it's on hbo it's actually a very interesting documentary that shows the process of a south park episode from start to finish because they write it within a week and they do like they're the reason why south park is so topical and funny is because they are literally seven days to air yeah. kind of thing i think that's it's either seven days to air or like 10 days to air i forget what the number is but right. it's very it, it, you're right like it, this is all happening very quickly i mean the fact that it's summer of 74 when nixon resigns and then less than two years later we get this movie and you know and you could have like read the book i, I got excited because so we turn the i turn the movie on i watch it Ooh, this is Watergate. Oh, baby Dustin Hoffman. Like, you're the cute. Not to, like, deny Robert Redford, but I had ju- we've just seen Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid not that long ago, so I had my baby Robert Redford moment. Now I'm having my baby Dustin Hoffman moment, and right. it's wonderful. And I say, like, it literally says, my notes go, Watergate. Slow. This movie is slow, but not in a bad way. It's like not a lot of things are happening, but it's still... It, in the beginning, it's still so exciting. It, and it's, it's, it's slow because nobody really knows what's right. happening. So then my third note is, this is a really exciting peek behind the curtain mm. of, you know, well, life as, as a Washington Post person yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then in all capitals, it's based on a true story. Oh my God. Like I, I thought maybe this was like historical fiction. I, t- I don't know anything about the movie. I knew that it, I realized it was Watergate. But I thought that this was going to be like a piece of historical fiction. It I really is in all caps. It re- I and then not- your next note in all caps. <laughs> and there's a book! Yes! Super exciting! <laughs> I didn't realize that these were real life people. That, that, that Woodward and Bernstein were real life Washington Post uh, writers. Like, again, I was thinking, oh, like this is cool historical fiction. I love historical fiction, mm-hmm. you know. No, I didn't realize that this all is... 100% accurate, like almost to a T, they took what happened in real life, they wrote the book, and then the movie is Just a screenplay of the book. Uh, it is. And, and like there was not a lot of dramatization from the book to the movie. Like a couple scenes didn't actually happen. Right. But for the most part, they all fucking did. It's mm, crazy. And everybody in this movie is so good. I, I can't, I can't, I keep going back to like baby Dustin Hoffman, but like the way that he plays this character, the way that he plays Carl, you know, you're going to people that work for the government that have been essentially threatened with don't talk to the press. Yeah. 
But he's going to these people seeing that they want to do the right thing and they want to tell the truth, but they're scared. Yeah. Because the fucking president has <laughs> essentially been... Well, well the, not the, the president. There's a, there's a gag but, order on yeah, everything. Like, and, and you can see, and the way that he... The way that the real-life Carl Bernstein was able to talk to these people, I love the way that he gets around, you tell me the truth. Well, I can't do that. Okay, well, what if we... Um, there's a scene where he's trying to confirm something, and he's like, yeah. you don't have to tell me. I don't want you to ever put yourself in a position where you have to lie to somebody. But if you if you stay on the phone with me... Yeah, I'm going to count to ten. If you don't hang up, that's a confirmation. Or he's talking to one of the, the, the bookkeepers. Um, and was basically like, you don't have to tell me names. Give me initials. That way your consciousness is clear. You never gave me a name. Mm-hmm. But throw me an initial. And at first she doesn't. So he kind of, just from the research that he was doing, he was like, L? Mm-hmm. M? Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, absolutely. And, and the way that he was able to well, it was really get the information, yeah. like, it was such... <clears throat> the. And, and again, like, I'm gushing over their performances, but, like, I also have to gush over the real-life writers for the Washington Post and the way that they really did do the police work on this. And it just, again, it blew my mind. Uh, there's a podcast, um, I don't even know what you call it, network called Wondery. And they're, some of my absolute favorite podcasts have been put out by the Wondery network. And I looked through, I literally just put in Watergate in Spotify. I clicked the podcast button to see what would come up. Honestly, I went in hoping that there would be like a last podcast on the last left episode. Yeah. I didn't see that. But when I saw there's a show on the Wondery Network called American Scandal. And that was one of my first ones that, that popped up. And I'm like, oh, American Scandal. I haven't heard of the show. Like click on the information and I see... The Wondery Network. And I'm like, well, that's going to be what I'm listening to. Right. It's a six-part series. It's so informative. Have and you it's finished done... it already? Oh, yeah. Right. I finished it. Um, what I love about how they do some of these shows is it's not just somebody sitting there talking into a microphone. They do little reenactments. Right. Where it's like, when it's like, oh, Woodward's got a call deep throat. And then all of a sudden and you, like, hear, you hear a phone ring. Yeah, and then like cool. you almost hear like the filter of somebody on a phone. That's and cool. They, they, their production value is is absolutely amazing. And I'm going to go so far. I'm going to put on like Jersey Ghoul's pants for a second. I'm going to link that podcast in our show notes only because if you have any interest whatsoever, it is such a cool... I mean, I think the episodes are like maybe 45 minutes long. Um, I, of course, went insane and binged them all because I was very excited. So it sounds like you're editing this episode. Um, I can edit this episode. It doesn't matter to me. So it also means that you're probably editing that. It means I have a month off. Okay. <laughs> what? Just because I say add a link? Yeah. Do you know how easy it is to no. add a link to the show notes? No. If you copy and paste it no. when you type it. A... Okay. I'm kidding. Anyway. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh. Anyway. So this, yeah, th- this is my, I should have been a history teacher rant coming to a close, but, um, <laughs> Again, like, I, my knowledge of Watergate was, so, like, I, Nixon did something bad. Like, there was a break-in at Watergate, and Nixon, <laughs> like, I did not know that it wasn't necessarily that Nixon orchestrated a break-in. His play in this was he was part of a cover-up, and then there was, like, money being handed out to keep people quiet. Yep. And, like, his whole administration was corrupt, and... Oh my God! Like it was just. Uh, I am not a crook. Yeah, like the and 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 you know the podcast that I listen to, like they don't, 
there's no bias in it because you don't hear them shining a light on how terrible he is and he's a bad man. Like, they actually, like, they talk about Richard Nixon like a human being. That, like, there are parts, you know, where he realizes that, like, he went too far. Um, G. Gordon Liddy, the guy who really was, like, kind of the mastermind behind all of the fuckery. I mean, you hear him say at one point, or through, you know, I guess the... I don't know... How do I want to say this? Um, He is on record of saying that he thought that he was doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. He was doing the right thing for the wrong for reasons. the American public. Right. And it's like what to me like No, it, it's it's it it is super interesting though to have people say like to say I thought I was doing the right thing. The the more curious thing is that if in hindsight they say oh no, I was wrong. Like that yeah. that's more interesting. So a lot of people ended up, you know, uh, going, you know, going to jail. I love the way that this movie, I love the way that it was shot, especially the the very end of this movie. Yeah. You know, we have the two writers at their own respective desks writing, but the focus is not on them. Mm. The focus is on the TV mm-hmm. where Nixon is being inaugurated because he won- wins a second term. Yep. Um, so the focus is on that. And then suddenly we get this close-up of a typewriter, which I, I read that to really make the impact sounds of the typewriter keys, yeah. it's um, gunfire. Like the ching, ching, like every that's, key. That's, that's is, gunfire instead of an actual typewriter? I think it's typewriter and gunfire. Oh, yeah, that's cool. To really, and like, I love the way they use that typewriter at the end as exposition. I love that. Where I they're, they're putting that. out headlines, you know, the copy of headline where it's like, so-and-so, you know, yeah, goes... Bullet, you know, bullet point facts of what's happening. You know, you know trial started, yeah. convicted. Yeah. Ex- this person's going to and jail. And then finally he's ending with Nixon resigns office. Yeah. President Ford to be inaugurated, whatever. Yeah, no, yeah the, no, way that they, cool. the way that they shot this movie. Very artistic and a great way to end for this film. Yeah, like, yeah, it really did such a good job. Um, I know the actor that played Deep Throat. You never see the the, the informant Deep Throat. Um, is played by an actor named Hal Holbrook. And he, uh, I actually had recently. I've been binging NCIS, and he was uh, he was a he was a character in NCIS for an episode. Oh, nice. I was sitting there trying to figure out why do I know this guy's <laughs> face. But yeah, see, I, and I know him um, from a, a, a horror movie. He's in John Carpenter's The Fog. He mm-hmm. plays he plays the priest who kicks ass for the Lord. Hey, um, but uh, but yeah, when kicks I, ass for the Lord. I can't take. <laughs> I can't take credit for that line that comes from another horror movie. I love that. Um, I love that. <laughs> but uh, no, like when I saw Hal Holbrook's in this movie, like, uh, you know, like again, when the when the credits are rolling, obviously I know Robert Redford, Dustin Hoffman, um, Jason Robards plays the uh, the editor of, of the, the Washington Post. Yeah. He's the editor-in-chief. And I, he's been in a million things, but I know him as the dad from Something Wicked This Way Comes. Like, there were so many people that I recognized in this movie. But yeah, so when I see Hal Hopper, I'm like waiting to see him. And then when we see Deep Throat for the first time and he's very much in shadow, I'm like, that's where he is! I found it! He's right there! Um, and yeah, like that, I mean, that whole thing with Deep Throat and then... Honestly, like, you know, the world had speculation, 
But again, in 1991, uh, the former assistant uh, deputy of like the FBI comes forward and reveals that he was deep throat. And I know I keep going off of the movie and getting into real life facts, but like that's how excited. Well, but this the, movie the movie made the me. movie was based was so close to real life that you're allowed to be excited. Oh, about. and it just got me so like, I, I'm I'm loving. Like I said, I, I'm on my library app and I got the book, and this is definitely like I'm gonna be hunting down like a first edition. Like I want a nice old vintage copy, wow. like a vintage paperback. Okay. Of this like okay. I normally you when really it comes to this. I wow. really really liked it. Normally I will always tell people that like when it comes to history, I like Revolutionary War. Like uh-huh. that's really my jam of of history. Like I love colonial history. Like I like going way way back. And often I really don't have interest in like political true crime. But this one, there was just something about it. I got super hooked into this true crime story. And the fact that it was, again, like, it blew my mind that that it was all real. Like, that this movie was pretty much, I would say, like, 90% accurate and factual to what actually happened. Yeah. Um, I did read that there was a publisher at the, at the Washington Post that begged Robert Redford to write her out. She was like, I don't want to be associated. Like she did not want to be a part of it. Yeah, uh, okay. Katie Grant, Catherine Graham, Kathleen Graham. Um, and apparently after the fact, after the movie was made, she kind of regretted it. Um, not being a part of it. Yeah. Like not being a part of it, but there is a somewhat prequel to this movie that came out in 2017 called the post. And okay. it's, got Tom Hanks and Meryl yeah. Streep yeah. plays yeah. Katie Graham. Yeah. Um, and that movie focuses on the Pentagon Papers. Yeah. And that is kind of a, like a, like I said, a prequel to this movie and the real life events that happened before Watergate. That's cool. So I've heard of that movie. I think I've seen parts of is it. That... I don't think I've seen it all, but I'm yeah. like absolutely going to watch it now. I think it's on HBO too. Okay. Um, or maybe it's Amazon. It's it's on one Something. of the things that we get. Yeah. Because I know I like I booted it up and then I was like, wait a minute, I don't have time for this right now. <laughs> so yeah, I'm sorry. I have like super monopolized this episode with my excitement. No, you were you. <laughs> uh, I said in the beginning. Let me say get this in now so that way we can let Jackie go. And this is what this is. Which is why... Did you have any notes on the movie? I had... The the one note I had was was my excitement about how quickly they capitalized on it all with the, okay. with the timeline and everything. That was my... Because... And it's prob- this is probably why I was so engrossed in wanting to know what was happening yeah. that I didn't want to take a minute to be able to write any other note. I wrote that note after the movie was over. Oh, I will tell you that like after I wrote the note, it's based on a true story and there's a book... Every other one of my notes was written after the fact because yeah. I just sat there wide-eyed staring at this movie, like absorbing everything that happened in this movie. Yeah, it was a very good movie. Definitely. Yeah. Obviously, you know that I am going to recommend this movie to everyone. <laughs> yeah, like we did mention uh, earlier. So because this movie uh, is is a movie from the 70s and because again it is based on very real events you want to watch another movie from the 70s that's <laughs> no, based on real events I, I had the thought of calling my mother because oh, right. I wanted to to ask my mom you know in oh, ni- Lola. 
1974, my, you know, my parents are already married. You know, my, my mom is in her early twenties, um, at the time. And I said, I called her up and I was like, you know, I'm going to assume yes, but I'm like, um, did you watch Nixon resign? Right. And she goes, yeah. She's like, I absolutely know that I watched it. She's like, I really don't, you know, remember you know, it's not like a, you know, it's not one of the Kennedy was killed moments where you remember where you were yeah. when you heard. Not like 9-11, like, yeah. Yeah, she's like, I absolutely, you know, I, I know I must have sat down and, and watched it. And I had said to her, I'm like, you know, can I get your, you know, do you remember enough, like, your, your thoughts on it? And and she's like, I you know, she truly doesn't remember, you know, her exact feelings, but she's like, I can tell you that... I never liked Nixon. She's like, before Watergate even happened, you know, in his first presidency, she's like, there was just something sleazy. Like, she's like, he just gave off an air of sleazy politician Mm. from day one. Well, he was also like a Hollywood guy, wasn't he? Or was that? That's Ronald Reagan. That was Reagan. That was Reagan. Okay. Um, But she, yeah, she's like, she was never a fan of Nixon. She said there was just something sleazy about him. You know what? No, I I get that. When you get an impression on somebody like that, it's real tough to shake. Yeah. and, And she said, honestly, she's like, seeing him resign was... She was like, there. it was almost like a moment of, of comeuppance. Mm. She's like, you know what? She was like, you know, obviously. I knew it was going to happen. <laughs> yeah. She's like, obviously justice wasn't fully served because he got pardoned, like a full pardon, and he never served any jail sentence. I mean, it's not like he goes, it's not like Nixon goes without, you know, any reper- repercussion because obviously for the rest of his life, he is associated, he's associated with, this, yeah. with Watergate it's in and the I books. am not a crook and, yeah. you know, he, he has resigned from office because of this scandal um but yeah like she just she just said that it was there was some you know just personally there was like a little bit of satisfaction of of seeing (laughs) him having to resign and step down because yeah she was like i was never a big fan but again she's like i don't remember all the ins and outs but it was funny because i called her and i'm like hey weird and random question she's like what and i'm like do you remember when Nixon resigned? She's like, what the hell? And I had to explain yeah. that we just watched the movie yeah. and the whole nine. But And I did ask her. I said, do you mind if I, you know, relay this on the podcast? And she, you know, she was she was tickled to death to, 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 be, a part to of be a little part of it. But, but yeah, no, like it was like, I, you know, that's the kind of thing that I didn't, um, I didn't go so far. I almost did, but like I kind of stopped myself because again, this, this, this podcast is about the movie and not the real life, but I like I wanted to go on YouTube and watch his resignation. Like, uh, I wanted to see some of the coverage because one thing they talk about in the movie is that like nobody thinks it's a big deal. Nobody is at first. Nobody makes the connection um, that like you know the Watergate break in has really anything to do with you know. Nixon or his people or whatever. Yeah. And then when you learn that one of the people in the break in very recently worked for his re-election committee and then all of a sudden all these little things the Dollar dots are effect, connecting yeah. yeah and it's it's interesting because it's yeah like it's it, and it's it's all absolutely true that in the beginning like nobody was picking up the story and the post was the only one putting out these stories and people were like 
this is this is garbage. You guys are making shit up. You're going to owe us an apology, the whole nine. And the digger, the digger they're deeping. The <laughs> deeper that they are digging, they're just uncovering so much more and they are breaking this news. And like I said, reading the book is essentially just reliving the movie. But I think the book does carry on a little bit past what happens in the movie. Yeah. And so I'm excited to get there. I'm only about a third of the way through the book. So. Wow. Yeah. So again, I'm sorry because this has turned into the Jackie show, but okay. I got super excited because like I said, this 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 rung all the right bells for me. So yeah. I got very excited. So, okay. So I guess then the follow-up question to this is if this rang all the right bells for you, what was the worst bell? What do you mean? Like if it, it, what was the worst part of this movie? I'm trying to think if there's a flaw in this movie. I mean, there has to be. Thinking of a flaw. Thinking of a flaw. If nothing jumps out at you immediately, then there was nothing super wrong. So yeah, like I, I like if you have to dig for it, then yeah, this was a really good movie for you. Yeah, I'm, I'm I wasn't lying when I said that this movie has like probably jumped to one of my top ten all time favorite movies. That's, like this is that's impressive. Yeah. So what horror movie got kicked? I don't know that a horror movie got kicked. This <laughs> I think we're I think this kicks Braveheart down to like wow. 11 or 12 because wow. this, this definitely this is this is in the top 10 yeah wow. this is that's how much i liked it i can't think of a flaw this this was such a good movie and it, and here's the thing i don't know that i would feel that way if it this did end up being a piece of historical fiction like if this was like about watergate but like everything was, everything was kind of made up or they made some stuff up i think part of the reason that this all goes hand in hand is because not only was it a fantastic movie with an excellent cast, but it's all real. It all happened. Yeah. And um, I want to look up to see. So, okay. I wanted to see if it won any awards, like any Academy Awards. Yeah. Um, and it looks like it won a handful of Academy Awards. Mm-hmm. Jason Robards, who plays the the editor, won Best Supporting Actor. Um, the writer one for best adapted screenplay William Goldman best sound mixing critics choice award for best director best production design like uh, it it won itself a handful of awards again the national film critics award gives Jason Robards best supporting actor I'm really kind of surprised that it it doesn't have anything for Dustin Hoffman or Robert Redford but that's okay <laughs> can't win them all it looks like it won the the Film Critic Award for Best Picture. So this is this is a critically acclaimed movie. Yeah, like it's 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 absolutely up there for me. All I, right. I this is one of those like moments that like you always want to have happen on a show like our show like this where you find one of those like they just gush on for those like yeah. I don't want to say life changing because that's like a bit too hyperbolic, but like. One of those like oh my god moments, yeah. like yeah, this just became. How did one I of miss my, this? Like, how did I miss this? This yeah. just became one of my all-time favorite movies. Like I said, this will absolutely go in rotation. Like I said, I'm gonna hop onto a books, and I wanna. It doesn't have to be a first edition, but I. You're gonna look for it. I want to find a vintage paperback copy of this book. Yeah. Oh, thousand percent, I want that on my shelf. That's cool. So that's cool. So yeah, so we have actually already covered. 1976 uh when we did taxi driver yep. so we've covered the pop culture we've covered the movies do do we want to play our new game where we recast in the modern day 
Well, so like with as much as you liked this film, I feel like doing a doing a remake or recast or anything is a bad idea. <laughs> like you know, like if if there's a film that is that good, then do you really want to touch it? Oh, you know how I feel about remakes. I don't want to, I don't want to see this movie remade. Although it is it is kind of fun to think in the modern times, like if they were going to remake. Okay, this. so do you have any ideas? Like I don't have enough of a of a desire to to yeah to, so like if you had if you had to pick give me your your main two reporters give me your deep throat that sounded weird and, <laughs> and give me give me your uh, editor-in-chief oh my goodness wow i didn't prepare for this i bring it up and i didn't prepare for it <laughs> um jokes on you i want to steal one of your answers and i'm going to say for my editor-in-chief i want denzel <laughs> I want Denzel because you need like you need a very commanding you need somebody that can be commanding and like run the Washington Post so I guess my follow up question to that though then is was the real editor in chief black no so would that matter if you're doing a, a historical representation like would you want like I see what you're saying I don't know I don't know. If we're going just based off pure acting skills, you want Denzel, I'm cool with that answer. Yeah. I'm just yeah. curious, like, how true you wanted to go. Yeah, no, I don't, I'm cool with that. Okay. Yeah, Editor's done. Editor's right. done. Um, so my two guys, my P.S. in the movie, and they did this in real life too, but I loved when the editor would, like, call out for them and called them Woodstein. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, matching two names yeah. together. Well, they, they were actually submitting things under that name uh, because like they had like their own notes or whatever but when they were doing because they were writing the stories together yeah. I love that it was it was Woodstein God who yeah so who plays Woodward and Bernstein I'm gonna cast see who's who's got good range who could do this I'm gonna cast Oscar Isaac as the Dustin Hoffman character I could see that and for Robert Redford Owen Wilson that was my first thought, but only like because actually? of the hair. Yeah. I was, thinking <laughs> the, I was thinking like Starsky and Hutch hair. I don't want Owen Wilson there, though. Wow. No. Wow. I don't want Owen Wilson. Who do I want with Oscar Isaac? I want... I don't know. I don't know who I want. Okay. Benedict Cumberbatch? Can I have him? Sure. He can do a good American accent. Yeah. I'll take I'll t- could oh he looks silly with blonde hair though. It doesn't matter. Would he play um, would he play well off of uh Oscar I Isaac? feel like it because he I like I I'm, I'm trying to think of two people who are good at the drama. Mm-hmm. Like a drama, like who are very good serious actors. Mm-hmm. And those are the two that just randomly popped in my head without preparing okay. and thinking about this. At all. Right. <laughs> Even you, though I brought it up. And your informant? My informant. Because I don't want to say your deep throat again. <laughs> Who is my informant? My informant. God, I love that like I do this to myself and then I'm like, I don't know who actors are. <laughs> I can't tell you who any actor. Leonardo DiCaprio. No. No. I want fucking, what's his name? George Clooney? Yeah. I want George Clooney. I was thinking Harrison Ford. Ooh, that's... I think Harrison... Mm. Harrison might be too old. Uh, that, I think but, he, I think he's a little too old. Because he, you, you would, he wouldn't be that old and still be working at the FBI. Right. Um, so, but yeah. But George Clooney is... is, is, is I was say, George Clooney is... He's young enough. He's young or enough. Or at least he looks, he it, looks, he looks, looks young, young enough. He looks young enough, yeah. Okay. So, I'll do that. I don't love those answers, 
But I also didn't prepare myself, even though I brought it up. So the, those were the gut reactions, and we will we will we will stick with that. We okay, will stick cool. With that. Nice, nice. Yeah. Well, do you have anything else you want to say about this film? No, that's that's everything. All right. Well, <laughs> yeah. well, if that's everything, then you all can go check out our headlines over on the list we missed. Check us out on our Facebook and our Instagram. Check us out on your favorite podcasting app. Listen to us. Give the, give us the five stars or demand an apology. I mean, that's what happens in newspapers, right? <laughs> we will not retract our statements. We have freedom of press. We have freedom of speech. And, uh, yeah, talk to you all next time. Bye. Bye.